Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UY is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. Little did she know a failed exam would change the course of her life, or more to the point, choosing and being vulnerable to share she had failed opened a whole new avenue to support others. Bryn Young is a licensed architect who's built a business helping people pass the arduous six exams required for licensure. She took a hard thing and made it good. Welcome back to the show, Bryn. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to have you on again. We were just talking before recording that it's been two and a half years, very close to the day, really, yeah. since you've been on the show. A lot a lot has happened. A lot has gone on. And uh, it was definitely time to have you back on. You've done all kinds of things in your personal and professional life. And we're going to kind of get to those in just a bit. But first, we're going to get to know you some more with our our fun get to know you questions. Because you've answered the classic questions, we've, we've got a different set for you. A favorite TV show could be from back in the day or now, but just something you want to share. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really watch a lot of TV these days. But TV was my favorite thing when I was a kid. <laughs> so uh, some of my favorite TV shows from the past are Friends, The Office. I like those like lighthearted kind of right. fun ones. So I would say Friends, The Office, um, even 30 Rock and and uh, um, what's the um, what's the one with Leslie Nope? Oh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. <laughs> right. See, it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. No, no, that's fine. And and you've mentioned some shows that are are really good and um, fun and funny and easy to go back to. I find right. in in this list that you've shared with us today that that y- you can go back to these and it's kind of like a, a favorite sweater or you know something that just feels familiar, feels comfortable, and you know. It's going to be lighthearted and fun, like you said, lighthearted. Exactly. Those are the ones that I've watched at least, you know, three or four times each. And they're ones that I can have <laughs> on in the background. Right. And that's usually when I was, I've in the past, I've been watching TV. It's when I'm actually working and designing, but I have something on in the background. So it can't be something I have to really focus on. Yes. And there's things like Game of Thrones and stuff that I did really like as well. But, you know, if I'm going to sit down and watch something again, I probably... I'm going to choose something that makes me laugh. <laughs> right. Game of Thrones would be tough to have yeah. on in the background. That'd be yeah. a, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. All right. Your biggest crush was, and this could be from the past or who knows? Well, I mean, I got to say my husband. My okay. biggest crush. Oh, I've that's been so, boring, so but... <laughs> cute. Oh, that's so sweet. That's wonderful. Really? Uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? And he has been told. He looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. Is there anybody else famous that people say he looks like? 
So we get a, a feel. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is really the one. Um, that's how I reined him in. I told him he looked like Jake Gyllenhaal. I was working at a coffee shop, and he didn't know who that was. And I thought that was even cuter that he didn't know who that was. Um, yeah, now I, I I don't really know what Jake's looking like these days, but Josh is much more rugged mountain man. Uh, he's got the full beard, so. I don't know if there's maybe someone who looks like him now, but. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. And he does remind us, uh, yeah, of, of Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's, he's Josh. He is himself and, and we, we love him just as he is. Yeah. Okay. And then um, what's the thing you're most afraid of? I was trying to think of a answer for that. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in fear, which is good. Like I don't right, feel right. a lot of time times scared of things. Um so I have a hard time answering that, but I guess on like maybe fear of not enjoying all the moments of my kids as they're really young because it's stressful and overwhelming. And mm-hmm. you know, I guess the fear of having it pass by without really appreciating it and enjoying it. And then all of a sudden realizing they're teenagers and don't want to hang out with me anyway. So <laughs> that's yes. something that I, again, I don't like sit in fear about it, but maybe, right. you know, I, I'm conscious of it and try to not allow that to happen. I'm trying not to love that. To right. And I, you know, I probably should have uh, kind of thrown in the word irrational. I think, mm. I think it's kind mm. of fun to throw in the irrational fear, you know, like for example, and I think we've talked about this before, you know, I, I would call it a rational, semi-irrational fear of sharks. And that mm-hmm. is is courtesy of Steven Spielberg, you know, yeah. growing yeah. up in the formative years of Jaws and having every little seaweed that crosses my shins uh, convinced, mm-hmm. you know, just super momentarily and temporarily you know, I, 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 again, I like you don't sit in a big fear of this, but it's yeah. an irrational fear. And well, it's a rational, irrational fear. <laughs> it's both, but something just, I think more along the playful lines. Than... No, I like that idea. So irrational fear does change it up a little bit. I mean, in that sense, I want to say silverfish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand them. Oh, that is the biggest fear of my life would be a whole house infested with silverfish. Right. (laughs) And they can't hurt you, right? They're not. No, but there's just something a little bit creepy about the way they move. You know, it's kind of back and I don't even know what, what would you call it? Kind of back and forth. It's not super forward. I don't even know. But you know, what's so funny is that we have pincher bugs at our house, which are very similar, I think, to silverfish and Uh they don't even bother me as much. I think it's not funny. It's a, it's a, it's a childhood memory of finding silverfish in my drawers or something. (laughs) Right. Right. Where you least expect to find it. Exactly. A random fact most people wouldn't know about you. Um, well, I was going to say that I'm fairly introverted, which I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of uh, who know me. Um, So that was, but then as I was sitting here and on a little bit of a different, like a fun note, (laughs) I have four chicks right behind me, 
peeping in the background. And I thought, well, that's kind of a random, a random thing that I don't think a lot of people know is living in San Diego. And we are pretty much have a farm. We have like, let's see, seven chickens now, two dogs, a cat. We've got all sorts of bugs in the house. And we are now getting a snake, which you can see the enclosure behind me. So <laughs> we're, I'm on a farm in San Diego. That's right. That's something. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So question, when you say it peeping, pe- the, the four chicks peeping behind you, do you mean that they are outside or they're inside? They're in my room with me right now. <laughs> they're in your room. So we yeah. can't hear them and we can't, oh, I, I can't even see them. Oh my God. They're, so they're only like a week old. And so oh. they're, it's too cold for them to be outside quite yet. So we have them in, in here in a little enclosure and they have a little heat lamp. Oh, and okay. Sometimes they're qu- quiet, but like right now they're peeping up. I'm glad you can't hear them, but they're peeping. No, up I can't. And I thought... I wondered where they, in my mind, they were roaming around, yeah. but they're, they're in a little enclosure with a heat lamp. And I, yep. I do see the, oh, what would we call that? A terrarium because it's not an aquarium. Terrarium means land. Okay. Ter- terra land. Okay. And uh, so the snake is coming. The snake well, is this coming. This is really cool. So this is actually technically a vivarium. And Ooh, it school is us some, on that. Yeah, it's really cool. We've been researching it for a while. Josh has been really into it and he designed it. And I'll send you pictures too. And I'll send you pictures of the chicks too. They're cute. Um, but a vivarium, it's essentially an entire ecosystem within this enclosure. So if you can kind of see this layer down here is soil. And okay. then it's so it's this layer of soil. And then there's dead leaves and and leaves and there's actually isopods and like essentially roly polies that are in there. Okay. So there's a bunch of little um, bugs and whatnot that are in there. And wow. the idea is that, and there's live plants. So the idea is that it creates this ecosystem where uh, the bugs down below help break down any waste and then uh, also provide food. And so it's, it creates this like life cycle in this enclosure. Wow. Wow. That, gosh, that is really cool. I did not know all that. I didn't know. It it makes sense that there would be a name for that. And it also makes sense given the kind of the, the, you know, I want to say the climber and I don't mean that literally, but that people really want to kind of go back to, to, to how we lived, you know, 50, 70, 80 plus years ago. And so that makes sense that, you know, you, you and Josh both would create something for the snake that would, that would be a complete and total environment. Uh, Yeah. It's, I mean, there's live plants in there. There's, um, uh, what do you call it? The ones that the little plants that eat the flies. Oh, the praying mantis. No, no, that's a bug. Oh, Yes. I'm totally blanking on the Venus name. Right fly now, but... trap. Venus yeah, fly Venus flytrap. Yeah, Venus flytrap. Exactly. Okay, there we go. So there's yes. that sort of thing. So, you know, if if some of the leaves die off of the plants, it's not a big deal. They fall down. They're broken down by the different bugs. And then if, um, you know, gnats get in there or something, there's a Venus flytrap and then the snake <laughs> will go around. And just, it's really cool. He 
created all these little secret tunnels within it too. So the snake can go and hide and it's pretty fun. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I, I, I like that you both want to research things and learn about things and then do them. Yeah, that's honestly, earlier to the TV, instead of watching TV, a lot of times we're doing stuff like that, like watching videos on YouTube, or we do watch a lot of nature, animal documentaries, our kids love animals, Josh, you know, such a like farm guy. So screens and stuff are, it's definitely usually animal based around here and kind of learning about them. Right. And learning. That's Mm -hmm. great. So educational in that way. Yeah. Wow. Well, who knew that uh, (laughs) there was going to be all kinds of answers in that random fact? Yes. And what advice would you give your 10-year-old self, you think, looking back? Um, I would give my 10-year-old self the advice to not worry about what other people think so much. Yes. It's a big one. Yeah, I I think I hid a lot of uh, certain things or I was really like shy about certain things because I was thinking, oh, well, what what are they going to think or anything like that? So now it's just do you. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That is great advice. And yeah, there is a part of us, I think, that wants to kind of go back and go, no, 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 just just, you know. But and yet to get to where we are, part of that was going through what we went through to be able to learn and be on the other side. Yeah. Wow. That's very, very good advice. Okay. So our deep dive is your passion. And this is typically what you're sharing on social media. And what I love about you, Bryn, is that you have taken, and certainly you have many passions, but you've taken, you know, your passion and you've turned it into purpose. In, in a multitude of ways. So let's talk about that. I'm not sure exactly which passion you're going to tackle today, but let's, whichever one you want, it's all good. Well, yeah, I think um, I've always loved business and the idea of what that looked like maybe even five years ago is different than what it is today. And I'm where I am today. Uh, I would not have imagined this would be my passion. So I'm an architect and the goal was always to have an architecture firm. And somehow that segued into now I help emerging professionals pass their licensing exams to become licensed architects. Wow. So yeah, when I was going through the exams, there was no way I imagined I would ever stay involved in that <laughs> ecosystem. It was very much I was going to pass and move on and get done. But I was sharing my story a bit. I was having people ask me questions because I, I was on social media for my architecture firm and just had people reaching out. And I found people were asking the same questions. And so I started creating Uh, YouTube and podcast episodes about it. And one of the big things I talked about is failing the exams because it's super common. There's a 50% pass rate. And so, so many people go through it. But when I went through it and I failed my first exam and I Googled about it, I literally Googled, I just failed my exam. Now what? And there was nothing out there. There was maybe one article out there. And so I felt really kind of alone and I felt discouraged. And so 
in 2020, clients put their projects on hold and everyone was kind of in limbo. And so I'm like, well, now's the time I've always wanted to make some videos about this experience. Now I should just do it. And my first video was I failed the architecture exam and it just really resonated with a lot of people and has now gone into now I help um, people through group coaching and I have courses and study plans and all sorts of stuff. Wow. So this is a multifaceted approach. It's not um, you've got the group coaching, you've got a course, you've got study plan. So you've really multi-layered this to help the people out there. I have, but in a little bit of a different way because I'm not necessarily teaching content. So that's where it's a bit different and something I actually was uh, kind of insecure about for a while because my thought process is, well, you know, the exams are expensive. People are going to not just want to come take a course that's not actually teaching them how to calculate something or how to, you know, review something. But I was, I realized that the lack uh, or the missing part of what was out there wasn't just more resources of, you know, what to study. It was how to study, how to approach your exam day, feeling good, clear-minded, so you can tap into all that information that you've already kind of dialed in. And also how to take on all the information without getting overwhelmed, without sacrificing your entire life. So there's this whole side of it where my, the way I tell people is like, if, if you're very first starting your exams, I'm not really the first resource I'm there for you. Once you've, you've been doing it, you've tried it, you know, the information you have, the resources you've done the, the different memberships and all that kind of stuff. And you're still not passing. So that's when okay, um, I'm really a great person to come in because now at this point it's okay how can we tailor what you've done so far to find out where the holes are and a lot of times too because there's six exams when there are multiple fails over and over it's people are either trying what everyone else is doing and it's not working or they're they're getting really discouraged because they keep failing. So it brings on extra exam anxiety and extra pressure onto it. And so I, I help that side of things. Okay. So you're, when you said, I don't teach content, are you saying, what are you saying by that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't necessarily teach, um, for example, like one of the exams is on site design. So I'm not actually teaching, okay, this is the optimal site design. This is what you need to, this is the, the, um, I got you. Yeah. So like you're not teaching architectural content, you're teaching strategy and mindset and those sorts of things. Right. Okay. That's, And that was the impression I got, but I just, I wanted to clarify that. Okay. So would you say that it's somewhat individualized as well? 
Yeah. It, do you do one-on-ones? Do you want one-on-ones well, or not necessarily? Not necessarily. So the, the information I teach is, can be, uh, is um, taught at a broader level, but each person's work that they do within that is very individualized because right, right. we're talking about um, even things like limiting beliefs, which each person might have a different one. And that's also why I say like, I'm not going to just tell you, you have to do A, B, and C. I'm going to give you these different tools that you can figure out for yourself how you need to move forward um, because it is individualized. Like everyone who is having a hard time passing these exams, they don't all have the same situation, but there's similar techniques and strategies that you can do to discover what needs to happen and also just to create um create yeah like a clear path essentially of right. what you need to do next. So really a lot of what you're speaking about can be applied to many different areas. It just so happens that you have specialized in something that you know a great deal about, which is mm-hmm. architecture and these exams, you've had to take them yourself and then how to come alongside those that want to want to conquer these tests. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about, okay, so you started out uh, you saw the need. The need at first was for you mm-hmm. because there wasn't anything out there. And how did you how did you get from that to where you are now? Meaning I, I'm looking somewhat in like b- the belief in yourself and also mm. the confidence and the courage, because this can be applied across the board. This is not specific to somebody who wants to be an architect. Yeah, so it's interesting because exactly the things that I'm teaching, they they are specific towards exams in some of the lessons, and but really they could be for any exam. But mm-hmm. also a lot of the like fifty, at least fifty percent of what I'm teaching is you could use it for anything in life. And so I've had mm-hmm. people who have told me. Like this has been game changer for my exams, but also for like my everyday mindset in life. Right. And so it is. And I have been able to provide those tools because I have done a tremendous amount of personal work on myself the last four years, I would say. Okay. Tell it, tell us about that a little bit with that in as much as you feel comfortable, the tools, yeah. what, what have the, you know. Um, uh, becoming more of you. Yeah. How did you get there? That's a good question. I think that there's been, I mean, really the last 10 years, it's like slow and and steady um, just discovery of who I am. A lot of um, books, I a lot of like self-development books and podcasts. And um, it, I've also discovered that you can be told about certain resources, but you kind of have to discover it on your own. And so there's been certain things that like I've known about, but, um, you know, l- like books like um, uh, The Law of Attraction or uh, different um, self-help books. And the last, I would say, 
2019, 2018 or 2019 is where I started really diving into it more. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't really have a clear answer for. I know. That's why we're fully having a conversation, because if it were that easy, everybody would do it. And I guess I want to make a distinction here. You said you have to discover it for yourself. Are you saying that you have to um, kind of be ready? So sort of a timing kind of an issue. Plus, you can know about resources out there, but until you decide to take them on for yourself, I mean, people can tell you about this or that or this. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds good. But until you are ready to, to do that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like with certain things, it's like you hear something that's good for you all the time, like exercise, but it's not until you decide for yourself that you're going to do it and make the change that you actually do it. And there was a big shift around, I think, turning 30 for me, not because I worry about time or care. It's it was it's almost an energetic shift that happened uh when I turned 30 that I really do feel like a lot changed. And again, it's not something that I was forcing or trying, which is kind of hard because you want to be able to tell someone like, oh yeah, don't worry, when when you turn 30, this will happen. And so you have something to look forward to. It's like, I don't know when it will happen, but for some reason something happened when I turned 30, I think having kids too. And I just changed a, a, a lot of perspective shifts, uh, figuring out what I really want, getting clarity on what I really wanted in life, um, dealing with a lot of past traumas really is, I've learned is an okay word to say <laughs> for myself. Um, and not disregarding those, but actually becoming aware of them and dealing with them. And again, I think at that time I was just certain podcasts, um, would, would come up like a certain episode where it's, I don't even know how I got on this episode, but it really resonated. And so it was a lot of little seedlings that started, um, and, and created the, and I, I did get on a new mindset of, I got on a big path of manifestation and, um, just understanding how the universe works and this whole other side of things was presented and understood more about limiting beliefs and how your belief systems really affect your realities and how many of my belief systems were really holding me back. And I think I approached it at first, like it's a business thing because I'm always so business. So I'm like, oh, well, I've my beliefs about money are really hindering how much I'm getting paid right now because I'm not providing my true value in my my proposals and stuff like that. And so it was in a for me, that was almost maybe like a safe way to start opening up this whole idea of um self-work and inner work and and then it, it kind of like exploded to all areas of my life. Right. So you, you gave yourself permission. I, I like, I like that word because I, I think a lot of times as women, there's, a, like you said, a holding back, there's a holding back and uh, being able to 
really arrive at that place through through work. I mean, it is it is work. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just one day decide, yeah, I'm gonna be a better me. No, it's 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 work. And it's like you said earlier, desire. You have to have the desire, you have to choose and you have to give yourself permission to go there and to probably, like you say, revisit some of the hard things. And like, what did those have to teach me? What did I learn from those things that um, I can, uh, you know, that I can take and make a a good part of my life, not, Mm -hmm. not still sit in the the pain of it, but, you know, move forward with it. When I also started to seek it out a lot more, which seek what uh, seek out, um, well, gosh, I feel like everything ended up, I feel like there was almost like this veil that kind of came over where in before this, I didn't feel like I felt like I was always, you know, working on myself and educating myself. And I felt successful. I was working hard. I, I didn't feel like I was in a slow place or anything. So yeah. it's not, it's not like a, sh- it's, it's not like I, hit rock bottom. And I was like, I need to change myself. And and it was, I was doing fine, but for some reason, all of a sudden it just felt like there was this like clarity. And I was then seeking the books, like exactly the right podcasts that I needed that I, you know, I used to love true crime podcasts. It's all I listened to. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's so interesting. I just realized the other day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't listened to a true crime podcast in like a year and a half. And again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like, instead I've been seeking out business and personal development and um, other sides of things. And so I think it was just where my focus was before the last few years, my focus has been on this growth and development which is great, but it also is really scary. I've also felt this like shift in relationships. Um, my husband and I have a great relationship, but in friendships and in other things where, and I've, I've even listened to stuff like this about this. Well, when you go through these transformative times and you grow into who you really are meant to be, you can end up not having some of the same relationships that you had before which is, could be a good thing, but when you're going through that, it can be difficult. And so Mm -hmm. the, and, and maybe some of it too was uh, the pandemic and the forced stillness and lack of work that created a big shift. I'm not totally sure it all kind of coincided at the same time, but I've went through, it's like, there's been different stages of discovering it, being really excited, but then going through these shifts. I think last year was one of the hardest shifts for me. Just I had a couple relationships in my life that just, I was starting to put up boundaries that I had never done. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was difficult, but then also reminding myself that this is actually like, you know, a good thing. And so um, in the end it's, it's good, but it's, it's, it all comes, it's not easy. Like you're saying like this whole, (laughs) this 
figuring yourself yeah. out isn't easy, but it feels, I do feel better. And I feel um, like I've gained these insane tools that have worked really well. And so now I'm helping teach some of those tools. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't you say too, that um, nothing, nothing, I feel like nothing worthwhile comes easily. In other yeah. words, anything of, of true value uh, required, almost by definition, requires some kind of toil, whether mm-hmm. it's sacrificial or time or whatever, whatever it is, it, it that's just part of it. And I think too, you described the sweetness of, of that. Uh, it's not like you've completely arrived because I, I think of things as ING, they're, they're in constant motion and not until we take that last breath, are we finished whenever that might be. So it's again, ING, it's in process. It's, it's still going. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for you when I, I look at, uh, you know who you are becoming. You 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 are becoming who you already are. It's just mm-hmm. your your awareness level of that has increased. And honestly, not everybody does that. And I'm sure you have seen people in your life or know people in your life that you kind of wish they would. Because I, for me, I feel like, gosh, you're missing out on on some of what the best of what life has to offer by not being more of you by being stuck in a place of fear, be it people pleasing or what ifs or what, what there's so many different ways we stop ourselves. Um, there's really uh, the risk is well worth the, the, the benefit. I, I just, I, yeah. Well, and I think that's, it's a two things is one, I, in the beginning when I was first, oh, listen to this podcast or this book or this quote or whatever. And I would send it to people. And after a while, I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, it's a, I think I've seen memes like that. Like when you're on your, your self-work journey and all of a sudden you're sending it to everyone else to be on their self-work journey because you see how powerful it is. So I, I try to, I try to be respectful of that and not, you know, try to read the room a little bit. Yeah. But then it's also hard because you do you go through so much introspection and and you realize how powerful words are and I've done so much work on how I speak about things and and just my own internal dialogue and my mindset and stuff and so it can be hard sometimes when you're hanging out with others who haven't done that work and you can see those patterns or you can see the certain uh, things like, like, and how you're saying, like, you want to be like, you want to show them and teach them. And honestly, I think it's been hard for me a little bit of, I think the relationship aspect of um, growing and becoming your own new person has been the hardest part. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Right. I get that. I really do get that. Because, you know, it, it, and I, you know, acceptance, I think is a big word too. accepting where you are at, where you want to go and accepting also that others have their own journey and they may not for a, all kinds of reasons, um, either be interested or capable mm-hmm. of, of that. And, it, you know, it doesn't make, um, 
it's not a it's better not, or worse. Yeah, it's it yeah. exactly. It's not a yeah. judgment. It's right. it's it's you know, it's the meeting somebody where they are at. Right. Because like we said, sometimes people aren't capable. I mean, what what do you do with that? Nothing. You just mm-hmm. you love them where they're at and and you know, the idea of everybody having their own life to live mm-hmm. is so very important. Yeah. And experience. And that's also. Okay. You're back. I, you, why don't you went completely away and now you came completely back. Okay. okay. I, well, I think, you know, one, thank you so much for, for taking this time. I, I'm very grateful for you. I'm very grateful for the woman you are, and I'm very grateful for who you are becoming, because I think it is very inspiring and very exciting. And it's a beautiful, wondrous thing to see. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's been fun. It's been, it's been a journey. Um, But it is interesting. I I think that my advice to my 10 year old self is to not worry about what other people think, because that was one of the big things I released a couple years ago. And I just started showing up a lot more authentically at me Yes. And um, not worrying about what that meant or what that looked like or what a professional architect was supposed to look like or um, anything like that. And it's so fascinating that as soon as I did that, the amount of people that reach out to me saying that, you know, I've inspired them to go get their master's or I've inspired Ooh. them to stick with their their exams Um I've had uh, young or women reach out to me saying they've wanted to start a family, but haven't finished their exams yet, but like have been inspired by my story. And so all of that has shown me how important it is to show up as yourself. And it's so easy to think, get imposter syndrome and think, oh, well, who cares or who's listening or why does it matter? But I've been shown many times through that, that it does matter. And it is important because it also shows other people that they can show up as themselves and it's needed. It's absolutely needed. I could not agree with you more. I love to say that if everybody did the thing, whatever that thing is, we would all be so much better off for it because we all need to be who we are, do the thing only we can do. And that, I think that's a huge part of why we're here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you for sharing your wisdom. I mm-hmm. I love that you you get so much of this in your early 30s and that's going to be uh that much more of a richer blessed life for you and your family. So I I yeah, I just I love your wisdom, Bryn, and I love you. Yeah. Thank you. I love you too. I appreciate All right. it. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. I want to be sure and share that Bryn and I are related. In technical terms, she's my stepdaughter, and in more loving terms, she's one of our kids. It's been my pleasure to watch her become the woman she is. She's seen me go through hard things, and we've gone through some together. That's the thing. You don't know what the hard parts will teach you and how it will help you speak life into others. Accepting a setback, learning from it, and doing the work will likely bring you to a new mindset a gentle, 
positive, affirming way to see things and to see yourself. This and more is what Bryn is about. Listen to what you are saying to yourself about yourself. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now a prayer. Lord, I want to love others like you do. Help me to be more generous with what you've blessed me with. Please give me a heart that is always willing to give and serve without expecting anything in return. Provide me with opportunities to bless others each day. And thank you for helping me live a generous life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's from you version. And I just want to say a big thanks for listening today. Head on out and become more of who you already are.